<laughs> we did it, everybody. We solved racism. You're listening to Two Eves in a Trenchcoat. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Madison. In this version, you guys aren't hearing the 10 minutes I spent breaking a microphone stand and using the wrong uh, microphone to record, so... Oh, God. (laughs) But this week, I am trying very hard to restrain myself from turning this into a Our Flag Means Death podcast. Um... (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'll save that for the end, even though it's not anime-related. Maybe it'll be a bonus episode. It could be a bonus episode. H- have you seen it yet? No, but I've absorbed a lot of it through osmosis on Tumblr and having friends who've seen it. <laughs> okay, so what we need to do is you need to go see it, and then we'll do a bonus episode. Okay. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'll probably still be obsessed with this in, like, two weeks, so... So this is a topic we've had on our list for, like, since before we started, when we are still, like... What should we do on our podcast? Oh, shit. <laughs> and one of the things we put on the list was, what's up with Western fans who think anime characters are white? Oh, boy. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> yep. A real spicy one. Oh, boy. Yep. What did we talk about last week? I don't know. It was, was it, <laughs> wasn't it my Pop Team Epic episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about, like, is it two spicy episodes in a row? Because I'm currently editing the um, age gaps one, but no. Oh. Um, we'll just be sandwiched between some um, <laughs> uh, spicy ones. But, um... Damn, I gotta step up my spicy episodes, because, like, you've done most <laughs> of them at this point. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't put out the Attack on Titan one, oh, because... I, I think like a solid hour of that is just me summarizing the entire thing and apparently we're getting part three of the final season either like i think next year which everyone is kind of like why didn't it, um <laughs> didn't it end why are why is there more that's a question everyone's asking so i think that i guess the part two of the final season isn't going to cover everything that's in the manga, oh which God. I think makes sense because the manga ended in April 2021 and the final season started airing December 2020. So that means that they're in production through 2020, probably part of 2019 at least. So it makes sense that they wouldn't cover everything in the manga because technically they're already airing the last season before the manga had ended. So I'm assuming what they're doing for part three now is just finishing it out. And then maybe it can die. (laughs) Or maybe the controversy from the ending will be so loud that... Oh, God, I don't know. Pull a Game of Thrones, Um, pull a Game of Thrones, pull a Game of Thrones. (laughs) Disappear from the planet. And no no one will talk about it ever again. See, I thought no one would talk about Game of Thrones ever again either, but then HBO is coming out with a prequel, so now I'll have to mute all that shit all that shit on Twitter again. I thought that got cancelled. 
Did it? Because I've been seeing, like, promo and stuff all over my timeline. Oh, maybe they just canceled the other, like, one or two spinoffs they were talking about doing. Maybe. Hang on. Game of Thrones prequel. I know there was one Game of Thrones thing that got, like, dropped. When I look up Game of Thrones prequel, Google suggests canceled. (laughs) So apparently there was supposed to be a Game of Thrones spinoff. Yeah. They spent more than $30 million on the pilot, and then it wasn't picked up. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Uh, so now I guess there is, instead of a spinoff, it's a prequel that's coming out in August. Okay. Yeah. I'm still not going to watch Game of Thrones. Someone has asked, one of my friends was asking me the other day, like, I guess um, he's watching the show for the first time, and he's on season three, and he was like, wait, should I not finish it? And, like, I have never watched it, (laughs) but I said that I have not spoken to a single Game of Thrones fan who has told me to watch it after it ended. Like, people would not shut up about the show, but the last season was so bad that even the most dedicated fans do not recommend the show anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It would be like if Endgame came out and all the Marvel fans were like, do do not watch all the other Marvel movies. Like, it, it feels like that's how bad it was. Because it was. And I mean, I'm not even, like, (laughs) a fan or super into Game of Thrones. I just, like, if it was on when I was over, like, either at, like, a friend's or, or, like, my mom's house, I'd, like, catch an episode. I'd read some of the books, so I knew, like, what happened for at least the first couple of seasons. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's just... A mess. It's not good. It's I don't know how you fuck <laughs> up that badly that the biggest cultural phenomenon in like years just completely disappeared like in a week and literally mm-hmm. no one talks about like how do you fuck up that bad? It's <laughs> genuinely astounding that they fucked up yep. that bad. Yep. Oof. That could be another bonus episode. Like, not Game of Thrones specifically, but, like, just talking about fucking... How do you fuck up that badly? <laughs> it's almost impressive how much they fucked up. It's genuinely impressive. Um, because they literally had everything going for them. Yep. Oof. So it's wild. But that is completely unrelated from anything we're talking about. Starting it off strong like usual. <laughs> so yeah basically uh it's something that has been bothering me for years the fact that apparently some and i think it's mostly americans think that anime characters are white even if in context they're japanese and i guess they just don't see that context which is interesting i don't know how many white people listen to the show but i would love to hear if like for a while, you thought anime characters were white? Like, I could kind of understand it if you're watching, like, the original dub for Pokemon or something. Because they tried their best to, like... Like, the Jelly Donuts them. incident. God. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> so, I feel like I have a pretty solid theory on why it happens. And that's just... Like, white people are so used to being the majority and having every media... Like, 99% of media catered to them. So it's just, ah, I will project on these not obviously, you know, yellow fucking scare colored characters because they're totally white. 
even though they're obviously mm-hmm. living in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my theory. I don't know how far off how far off from the mark that is but like that feels right to me or at least one of the explanations to why it happens so much yeah like that's one of my explanations or one of my theories like there are a bunch of actual essays and stuff about this and i think it's mostly from like the u.s white american perspective that white people are so used to being the default that they'll see a light-skinned character and just assume they're white yeah. So. It feels like a distinctly American anime mm-hmm. fandom cultural thing. And, like, I can't see the English doing that for some reason. Like, it just, it feels distinctly American. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'll get into this later, but I think one of the reasons is because English dubs for anime are done in the u.s and Mm. if they're not they will give the characters american accents anyway well there you go (laughs) yeah so like if i guess if you're a white kid and you see pokemon and they have american accents and they're light-skinned you're just like oh ash is a white kid so yeah for the purpose of this episode i'm pretty much going to focus on white americans and kind of the view of race in the U.S. specifically. I might mention how it kind of, how whiteness kind of manifests in Europe a little bit, just because I have that experience. But like, U.S. racism is unique in the way that y'all have this like one drop rule that other cultures don't have. Oh, it's the the difference between European and American racism is wild. (laughs) Yeah. You grew up there, but my, like, I'm first generation born here. Like, my mom's side of the family literally came over from England when my mom was a teenager. So, like, I grew up in that sort of environment at least half of the time. So, like, I get it. It's very different. (laughs) It's all racism, but the way that it comes out (laughs) is just fucking wild. (laughs) Yeah, like... People over here don't, like, assume I can speak English, but they assume that I will speak a specific type of accented English. Mm-hmm. So I've had people tell me that I, quote unquote, don't sound black. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, it's also very fun in, like, phone interviews, because I'll, like, go on the interview and sound like this, and then I'll show up, and they'll be like, hmm. I was expecting, um... <laughs> Y'all bring a white girl with you back there? I was expecting a toast that has been in the toaster for maybe a minute. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it's fun. And then in, like, England, people expect me not to speak English. So they were always very shocked when I'd open my mouth and this, like, regional accent would come out. Because I changed my accent wherever I moved. But, like, the shocked faces was very funny, but also kind of depressing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've told the story of how when we were getting split up into classes for ordinary and higher level for, I think it was either the junior cert or the leaving cert or something, like the big exam at the end of like three years. And one of the teachers looked at me and assumed that I assumed that I didn't take Irish classes because I was black and the other black kids who are usually immigrants didn't take Irish. Yeah. But I remember when she, like, turned and asked me that in front of everybody, the entire room went quiet. Because everyone knew me, pretty much, because there are, like, 
maybe three black kids in the entire school. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, like, there are similarities. Like, no matter where I, where I go, I'll always be black. But I had a professor in college who, when he goes home, because he's from the D- Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. he is seen as white. But when he comes here, it's very obvious that he is not white. So he gets pulled over. Students don't respect him. Like, because race is a construct, it's so malleable in different places. And I think that, like, one constant is that white people, regardless of where they're from, understand race the least. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which is, like, both funny and very frustrating because, like, they benefit the most from it, but they don't understand it. And they're the ones that get to control that conversation. Yeah, and are also, like... I mean, obviously, depending on a bunch of different factors, like class and where you fucking live. But, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's even encouraged, at least in America, by the American school system, depending on the state that you live in, to, like, not... Like, it's really insidious in, in, like, history textbooks and stuff about how the language just shapes your view of not seeing minorities as people and Mm -hmm. something to be relegated to the history books like it drove me insane in history class when because i took ap history in high school ap u.s history and luckily i had an amazing teacher who let us read like books that were not in the curriculum because she was like here learn yourself a thing don't be racist (laughs) you know the bare minimum have a broader worldview uh shout out to mrs smith she was a very good teacher um she's not dead i just i i'm no (laughs) longer in high school (laughs) but like even with the uh, like slightly more college level textbooks like the language in regards to like native indigenous peoples in north america it's just like Whoever wrote it was like, oh, they're not still around anymore, right? Like, the savage Indians got wiped out. Like, they're not around. You don't have to worry about them. It's like, uh, well, that's very much untrue. But it, it shapes the cultural perception of, like, now there are so many different tribes fighting for federal recognition all the time and constantly fighting like the disrespect of oil companies trying to put pipelines through their federally recognized land sometimes Mm -hmm. like it's wild and it's the same thing too where it constantly like i don't remember so much in like it it wasn't that bad in california specifically in la usd which was my school district just los angeles school district Mm -hmm. because Los Angeles is a very big place with a lot of different cultures. <laughs> it is a melting pot, so you'd be vaguely racist, but it's not like Texas or Louisiana or Georgia, God forbid. Like, even in regards to slavery, like, in fucking elementary school, you're still fed the bullshit of, like, the the Indians, like, welcomed the, the pilgrims at, at Thanksgiving. And, you know, those slaves were... They, like, were super happy to work in those fields. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just... Were they? 
that just it genuinely fucks you up from a young age to stop seeing these massive genocides and tragedies as those things and just accept that oh these people are terrible and lesser than me because their ancestors let all this horrible shit happen just they're let it happen to them so Mm -hmm. they clearly deserve to be you know thugs and druggies and poor because they just they're lazy or they don't try hard enough like it's genuinely so insidious in american culture that that is so widespread for fucking anybody who's not white and it comes in all different flavors and shades because colorism is also a thing because i'm not black i can't personally speak from it but from what i've seen of black friends and like black activists i follow talking about it on various social media platforms like that's just a whole nother like intercommunity awfulness that just is also sort of uniquely american yeah it's funny you bring up how there are kind of like different degrees of racism in different areas because i noticed pretty quickly and it's so funny because when i lived in england everyone was like well, we're not racist here. Uh, have you seen America? <laughs> and then I moved to... <laughs> Sorry. What's so funny? What do you mean? Uh, God, and I then just... I moved to... I just peaked my mic so bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I tried to turn away. But the idea that the English are not racist. Jesus Christ. Uh... How can they be racist when we have blacks in the office? <sighs> and... and all this delicious Indian food. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how they got that. But anyway. God. Um, It's funny, too, because I realized that, like, when I lived there, it was, like, I was always black, but I was always African, but it was more of a problem that I was an immigrant than anything else. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you can be any color, but if you're an immigrant above all of that, that's the worst. Like, you could be Polish. like... Like, I think that Americans get very confused when you, like, point to someone from Romania and be like, they also experience discrimination. Because if that person moved to the U.S., they'd just be white. But in the U.K., if you don't speak English and you're obviously Eastern European, that's a problem. Oh, yeah. Like, God, literally, I think there was, like, a fucking... I swear to God, there was a post on on Tumblr or I saw it in a news article or something like fucking less than 10 years ago at this point, maybe. But it was like modern day fucking England. And there were signs that were like, hey, if you're Polish, don't bother applying for a job here. Like, mm-hmm. it's so weird because, I mean, in England and a lot of Europe is... Not only racist against people who are different colors than you, but then you also have the weird inter-white people racism of being the wrong (laughs) kind of white. Perhaps white on white violence? Yeah, it's white on white (laughs) violence, but then they will still band together to be racist if you're any other color. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Yeah. (laughs) But go on. (laughs) Yeah, so like I was saying before, I want to focus specifically on U.S. uh, racism. And also, when I say black, I mean 
the entire African diaspora. So African-American, African, Caribbean, wherever else. And if I don't mean the entire diaspora, I'll just specify. Yeah. Because I think that, like, people tend to, when they think of Black people, they only think of African-Americans. There's a whole continent. (laughs) There's a whole continent. There are, like, islands in the Caribbean full of Black people. Um, How did they get there, you ask? (laughs) The answer will not surprise you. (laughs) But yeah, I think that, like, people have one idea of what being Black means, and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah. I think also that it's very funny that I now technically I am African-American, but in, like, (laughs) not the way that people expect. Yeah, no, like, you don't, (laughs) you weren't born here, you just, you live here. (laughs) Well, I was born in the Africa part, and now I'm yeah. a citizen, so... Yeah, that's the part that they don't expect. <laughs> <laughs> what I think throws Americans off is that anime characters are not drawn to be Japanese, and I'll get into why later, but it is often a deliberate design choice, which is called mukokuseki. No. Oh. Yeah. So it pretty much means stateless, or in other words, without nationality. So basically, in other words, it's a deliberate design choice in anime and manga where characters are drawn to be racially ambiguous, Mm -hmm. which often means that the viewer projects their own idea of the quote-unquote default culture onto those characters. So if you live in Japan, you're just going to assume those characters are Japanese. If you live in the U.S., you might assume those characters are white. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but a couple of reasons for why I think white Americans think anime characters are white, even if in context they are not. Mm -hmm. One of those reasons is the whiteness as a default concept. Yeah. So basically the short version is that in the US, white people aren't racialized. And there are millions of examples of this. Like... There are Americans, and then there are African-Americans or Asian-Americans. If something is nude-colored, it's beige. This always kind of annoyed me because white people would be like, oh, well, the nude doesn't match me either. But, like, it was a shade that was never intended for someone like me. (laughs) So, like, it was at least attempting to replicate your skin tone. Yeah. Um, The Simpsons are default white, despite being colored yellow. And then... Any non-white character is colored to be black or Indian or uh, any other race, which I think people have, like, brought up for years. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Another one of my, I think, a very interesting example is there is a YouTube video called The Day Rue Became Black by Yohara Zaid, I think. And... Basically, she made this super, super interesting video about how... I don't know if you've read or watched The Hunger Games. Um, I read the books, but it was, like, several years ago now. <laughs> yeah. But in the first book, there's a character named Rue, who is one of the kids who's in the arena. And in the book, she is black. And... Rue reminds Katniss of her sister. Yeah. Prim. And so she's like, like, she's around the same age as my sister. 
I feel like I need to protect her. And so the movie casting comes out and Rue is played by Amanda Steinberg. And suddenly Mm. all these fans are like, wait a minute, why is Rue black? Because for some reason they had missed the part in the book where Rue was explicitly described as black. And then it got worse because then people were like, well, I imagined Rue as this innocent little white girl. I don't feel protective of her if she's this black kid. And people showed their asses real fast and got very upset if you said, "Mm, that sounds racist, perhaps. And I'm going to link to the video in the show notes because it's very good. But like, that will not be shocking to anybody who is black. Because in the US, especially, you have this tendency to like, when people think of an innocent child, they do not think of a black child. Black kids are not really allowed to be children. Like... When Tamir Rice was murdered by cops, I think this was the incident where the cop called it in and was like, I just shot like an older man or something, like a teenager. Yeah, I think he said like he was a teenager and Tamir was 12. So black kids don't get to be kids and they definitely don't get to be like innocent and seen worthy of protection. And that's very obvious in the reaction from fans towards Rue. Uh, even with Rue being a pretty light-skinned black character in that movie. Which is, like, another problem, because Rue in the book is not light-skinned, I'm pretty sure. So, this is another fun degree. I mean, the case could be made that, like, Katniss also isn't white in the book either. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Like, that's... This is a really heavy subject that, like... We're, we're a silly little funny anime podcast, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, no, like, it is genuinely horrifying how black kids are not allowed to be kids. And as soon as you hit, like, a certain age, they're like, oh, that's a man. Oh, that's a woman. No, that's a Mm 12-year-old. That is literally still a child. And it's it's genuinely horrifying. Yep. Um, Picked a nice, fun topic for today. Um, So... Another reason why I think white people think anime characters are white is, or I think another problem is that Americans tend to apply their view of race to everything. Yeah. And like, it's kind of unsurprising, like, America's massive, there's no really reason to leave. The US dominates so much of pop culture that you can mistakenly believe that like, the version of the world that the U.S. has is what the world actually is. Yeah. But specifically in Japan, people there do not have a history of being a minority group. So there are minority groups in Japan, but Yamato Japanese people are the majority. So when people are creating anime and manga with Japanese characters, or specifically Yamato Japanese characters, there's no need to add racial markers to those Like I said before, it's the same reason why the Simpsons are yellow, but any other person of color is brown or just colored differently. Yeah, that's why you have so many characters that are just ambiguously brown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, this brown-colored character can just stand in for all the other... for, (laughs) For all the other minorities we don't think about, right? Yeah. And, like, I've seen this in the cultural appropriation debate, which is always annoying. 
And I think it's been ruined by people who didn't fully understand it. Both people who, like, don't want to believe it's real, and then people who have tried to turn it into, like, a checklist for what's appropriation and what isn't, which isn't really how that works. But, like, sometimes, usually white people, will argue that wearing a kimono can't possibly be cultural appropriation because tourists do it all the time in Japan. Which, like, one, we both know you're being deliberately obtuse. Two, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when foreigners wear kimono in Japan, they're doing it under the instruction of someone who knows how to dress you properly. Like, you're not walking into a spirit Halloween and putting on their, like, geisha costume. Like, you're going to a professional who knows kimono and has studied it and is teaching you how to put it on properly. Uh, It's the difference between (laughs) being invited to participate in a culture and then versus just taking it and then ultimately corrupting it into something that is completely almost unidentifiable from the original <laughs> yeah. pod. Like, <laughs> there's a difference between, like, going to Japan and wearing it part of, like, your tourist experience and then wearing it and then bringing it back to the U.S. and pretending like you invented it. Um, yeah. And also, like, Japanese people in Japan and Japanese Americans have can have very different experiences. So using non-Americans as your scapegoat is just being shitty. Like, you know you're being shitty. Yeah. Oh, it's, not a, it's not a monolith and you have to include <laughs> diaspora in the conversation. Yeah. It's like if someone asked if there was a doctor on the plane and the guy with a PhD in paleontology stood up, like, you know it's not the same thing. Yeah. Like, that's not... We're not... Wrong kind of doctor, bud. <laughs> there is nuance. There are differences. Like, I don't know, this is, like, a different, difficult concept to grasp that, like, white people are actually a minor- minority, not in the white supremacist weirdo way, but in the sense that, like, most people on Earth are not white. <laughs> like, there is an entire country of Japanese people who exist within a different context to the one you're probably imagining. Uh, yeah. The world does not revolve around you. And that's okay. Yes, that's fine. You will live. You're not being erased. You're not being replaced. Stop being fucking weird about it. So, like, okay. So, uh, who cares if I think of anime characters as white? Like, it's not legal. So, I have a couple points. One of them is casting. So, I think that insisting that anime characters aren't racialized means that people who make casting decisions then go like, we need someone universal to stand in for this character. And for some reason, they always think someone universal is like a white dude. And perhaps I I would implore people to examine why white equals universal to these people. But anyway. Yeah. I think when white people are cast in roles that should probably go to Asian people, and specifically probably Japanese people, is, like, one of the reasons they argue is that, like, no one will come to see this if we don't have a white person in that role, which, like, isn't true, uh, especially now that we have evidence of that. And what was my other point? I got distracted by my notes because I have, like, a list of anime adaptions where they cast white people. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have Ghost in the Shell with known Asian-American Scarlett Johansson. Oh, you know. Um, 
No Asian, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> we have Avatar The Last Airbender, which is a train wreck for multiple reasons, but the casting did not help. We have Dragon Ball Evolution, which, again, was also a hot mess for multiple reasons, and the casting did not help there either. The one time I think they got it right was Cowboy Bebop. Unfortunately, Cowboy Bebop was kind of a mess. So, like, I'm still... I'm so frustrated by that show because they cast John Cho. They cast an actual black guy to be Jet. Yeah. They fixed Faye's weird, like, melon boob outfit. But they just, they tried to add in a lot of things that didn't need to be there. And I think they made it quirky or attempted to make it quirky without understanding, like, why the original worked. And stuff like that is always frustrating to me because we get scraps. And if the scraps suck, what do we do? Because let's say we get a show, we get Cowboy Bebop, but they finally cast an Asian lead. So we all have to go watch it to make sure that like we get another one, but then it fucking sucks. So I'm like, (laughs) what do you do? Like, I hate to trash Cowboy Bebop because they finally did something right with casting, but it fucking sucks. And this wouldn't be a problem if shows with POC leads got to suck occasionally, because white people get to be in shows that are mediocre or even bad. And no one ever says, like, oh, I guess we'll just never make a show with a white lead again. Like, that doesn't happen. No, it's fucking... It's like, well, we'll just make another mediocre show. It's fine. (laughs) It makes me sad. And then... I shouldn't have this feeling, but I feel like every time there's, like, a new show with, like, queer people in it or with POC in it for once, I feel this obligation to go watch it. And then if I don't, I feel like I'm letting down my people somehow. Uh, And I know, like, activism doesn't begin and end with, like, media consumption, but it still feels like when it gets canceled, it's like, oh, it's my fault because I didn't watch the shitty show. (laughs) God. (laughs) yeah i just the way to fix this is to just have more shows with marginalized people in them so then we have space to be mediocre just like white people yeah that would be nice it would (laughs) let us have shitty fucking mediocre stories god please another point i have is that The universe does not revolve around the United States. I've been saying American so far, but um, it's interesting how American refers to white people, but specifically white people from the U.S. And Mm -hmm. they will get very angry if someone from, like, Brazil calls themselves American, even though it's technically true. Yeah, there's a North and a South America. (laughs) Like... I can't remember how I got into this stupid conversation, but it was on Twitter, naturally, where most stupid conversations happen. And I think someone from Brazil was like, yeah, I'm American. And then some white dude out of nowhere came in and was like, that doesn't make sense. So I was like, I sent him a picture of like a map pointing to South America (laughs) and was like, you see, Uh, Brazil is here in South America. America. So technically, yes, they are American. And they got so grumpy about it. 
they're like, well, that's not technically true. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. I'm like, mm, why not, buddy? Why isn't it? Why, why isn't that how it works? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> God, it's just, it's so interesting how, like, when faced with the fact that, like, there is something they might have overlooked, white people just panic. Yeah. Which is always fun. The point I was trying to make is that because people in the U.S. don't really think about cultures outside of it, I've noticed that people will use the term POC depending on if, like, if we're talking about anime, they'll use the term POC if the character is darker skinned, regardless of whether or not they're actually black or Indian or whatever else. Yeah. And... Using the term POC for non-Japanese people in Japan is to project a very U.S.-centric idea of race onto a society with a very different history. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's a country with a different language, first and foremost, but also Japan includes historically oppressed indigenous groups um, and also non-ethically Japanese people who are born or raised in Japan. Yep. Or people who immigrated Mm -hmm. and i think that u.s americans have a very hard time grasping the idea that like people in japan are not minorities in their own country yeah it's like sharks in the ocean they live there (laughs) yeah like they like if you talk to them (laughs) about water they're like what the fuck is water like it's not something they've ever had to think about yeah also if you're in Immigrant in Japan, the treatment is very different if you're, say, a white American versus if you're African-American in Japan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's also, like, even different if you're, like, British versus American immigrant, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, more importantly, if you're not white. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, things go weird. So there are a couple of reasons for, like, different treatment if you're not... Yamato Japanese. So Japan is still very xenophobic. Mm-hmm. So despite rapidly diversifying, like pretty much every other country on earth, the major cities naturally are a lot more diverse than the rest of the country. Like Tokyo is massive, like much, much bigger than you probably think it is. And the idea that there are like, there aren't huge populations of non-Japanese people in Tokyo is just kind of funny like that just doesn't even statistically make sense that like everyone in tokyo would be japanese Mm -hmm. there are places in tokyo that like have big brazilian populations and i think especially white fans in the u.s like just never think about that mostly because it's not really reflected in anime but to think that like anime reflects real life is just weird like how old are you? Um, that felt very mean. But also, like, I feel like you should know better. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, like, also in Japan, there are areas that are very assimilationist. So, like, there are stories of students who are forced to dye their hair black, even if it's naturally not black. Yeah, I literally just read an article about that. Mm-hmm. If I can find it, I'll link to it. But there was a story about a girl who took her yearbook photo and then saw it 
later when it was printed and they'd like very badly try to color over her hair black because her natural hair is brown. God. Yeah. I think that also confuses people where like, oh, but this anime character has pink hair. How can they like force students to dye their hair black? Like again, if America is not full house, anime is not all of Japan. Yeah. Another one of my theories is that because most English dubs today come out of the U.S., Mm. the actors are usually Americans doing a kind of deliberately regionless American English, Mm. which, like, I always find it funny when people are like, I don't have an accent, because, especially to me, (laughs) everyone has an accent. But um, I think because English dubs are done by American actors, and usually in American studios... Like, even if it's a British character, it'll just be, like, an American trying to do, like, an English accent. Uh-huh. I think that uh, people from the U.S. just assume, then, that those characters are white. Sometimes I think about that weirdo on Twitter, the Hitler profile pic guy, who... Oh, God. <laughs> who spontaneously manifested in my mentions and was, like... Because I said not all anime characters are white, and Hitler profile pic said, well, not all of them are black either. And like, first yeah, of all- Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Point, point to the tweet where I said that, first of all. And yeah, I'm not saying that all anime characters are black either. Like, not all dark-skinned anime characters are black. And I think that I think U.S. viewers have one version of race and apply that to everything, so they all include certain characters as, as Black, even if they aren't canonically. Yeah. Or weren't intended to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like, one I've seen brought up a lot is Mugen from Samurai Champloo, who is not Black. He is... I meant to look this up before he started. Oh, no. yeah so like his character design and his character is seems to imply that he's Ainu Mm -hmm. and Ainu are a group of indigenous people who are pretty much kicked out colonized by the Yamato Japanese so it's pretty rare to see them uh, represented in any anime really and it's still a problem where like people will be openly racist towards them, like, on, like, daytime national TV. Jesus. <laughs> like, if I can find the link, I'll post it. But I remember, I think it was, like, last year, or... I, I don't remember when, but it was a news article about this, like, children's show that tried to make a pun. Um, so the group is called Ainu, and the word for dog in Japanese is inu. Oh my um, god. Yeah, it's bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yup. It was bad. That's fucking awful. Yeah, it's fucked. So yeah, like naturally they fucking apologized. But the fact that like someone came up with that, it was put in the show and it went out for broadcast and no one stopped it is um not a good sign. And I think stuff like that really points to 
the fact that like I wouldn't know about different indigenous groups in Japan like like the Ainu like Burakumin I wouldn't know all this stuff unless I looked it up because it's pretty much deliberately not talked about yeah which is fucked up uh to put it lightly I think also that people in the U.S. get confused because sometimes there are white characters anime like like Attack on Titan where Mikasa is Japanese but the other characters aren't like Eren is ethnically German I think but I think what throws them off is that sometimes when you see like American characters which are usually white, blonde, blue-eyed characters in anime, like when they're depicted as foreigners, they're very distinct. Mm-hmm. They're drawn specifically very different from the Japanese characters. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that like you can have anime with like the obviously American character, but then you can also have Attack on Titan where they're not drawn like as caricatures kind of and then sometimes you have stuff that's like set in england where they're drawn like regular anime characters like black butler is set in england (laughs) yeah (laughs) god um it's interesting how characters can be drawn to kind of be the default if you're in japan you're just gonna assume that character's japanese if you're in the U.S., mm. you're going to assume the character is white if you don't think about the context. Yeah. Which is, like, genuinely so weird, though, because I don't think I've ever sat down and watched an anime and been like, that's a white person. <laughs> but there are people who do. Which is so wild. and Because it's literally, it's just been like, like, even watching Sailor Moon as a kid, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they're obviously not in America. <laughs> They're not American, and that's fine. That's cool. I I like whatever's going on in this fucking magical cartoon. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. And I think if they don't think all those characters are white, they just don't think about it. Which yeah. is, you know, what's that like? <laughs> Never having to think about your race. Huh. I, Who knows? I, <laughs> I read a couple essays about this. And from my own experience, I've seen this, but because white people aren't racialized, they freak out if you ever bring up the fact that they're white. Because mm-hmm. like like I said, like you have Americans and then you have Asian Americans. Like, how come no one ever calls y'all white Americans? Exactly. Yep. And white people are so unused to it. They freak out if you ever bring it up. Like, God forbid you call them cracker as a joke. It's like... it's like equated to a slur so if we're having this debate they'll be like well isn't cracker the same as the n-word i'm like well you censored the n-word so is that not a clue (laughs) the answer is no it's not god it's also like it doesn't make any sense to me when white people are like how come black people get to say the n-word like y'all have cracker why don't you go reclaim that (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Go write a rap song where you call your buddies crackers. Go, have at it. Have fun. (laughs) Hanging out with 
with <laughs> oh my god have you seen <laughs> there's a there's a panel from <laughs> hold on i have to fucking pull up this image for you <laughs> god but keep going it's gonna take me a second to find it but jesus christ <laughs> yeah next i was just gonna go into like bad examples and good examples of i guess non yamato japanese characters mm-hmm. in anime and manga i think that oh <laughs> i think that like non japanese characters in anime are pretty sparse and i have noticed them go wrong more often than they go right but i think it's getting better recently i think because creators are more aware of who is reading or watching the things they produce but also just like creators are getting a better understanding of like other cultures mm-hmm. yeah but in bad examples we have the infamous blackface character in one piece oh that got edited in the four kids dub which i think is like pretty typical of i don't want to say typical but like oh Oh Sorry, yeah, I was just—I was thinking of this. No, I was thinking of this when I was thinking about the guy from CBS who was like getting mad because I brought up race in my stupid joke. It's but like, these are these are both panels from JoJo. It was edited. Yeah, the first one is from Part Two: Battle Tendency. He has there. He calls them American crackers. It's like two. Oh my god! It's like two. You know the. And I think it's supposed to be an L because I think it's supposed to be clackers. Like, you know, the two plastic balls on a string that you swing really fast together. And then when it smacks your hand, you fucking it hurts like a bitch. I think it was supposed to be clackers. But it's in this panel specifically. I think it was maybe a fan translation and it became crackers. Hmm. But I don't know if do not worry my lily white friends is actually like in the manga or not. But it is something that I feel like that character would say. It is. <laughs> um, so, hang on, I'm going to attempt God. to describe these um, on our non-visual medium. But <laughs> Madison, Madison just sent me a Tumblr post where the first part is when your white friends defend you. And it's a panel from Jojo. And it's, mm-hmm. is it Jotaro? No, it's Joseph. Okay. So it's Joseph saying, hey, you see the power of my crackers? <laughs> and then the next edition is when you defend your white friends and it's Avdal saying, do not worry, my lily white friends. God. It's, it's very so good. good. But you said crackers and my brain just immediately thought of that. <laughs> I've been thinking about this specific post the entire time we've been recording. God. <laughs> it's very good. Now we have it. <laughs> oh, it's very good. But, but <laughs> more bad examples. Yes. Um, another one that I think about constantly is, I don't think it's one that like people will really think about because I don't think most people have seen the show, but Space Brothers, which I watched last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just about these two brothers who, when they're young basically make a promise to each other that they're going to be astronauts. Oh. And the younger brother becomes one, but the older brother ends up, like, working as, like, an engineer for a car company, 
And then when he sees that his younger brother has become an astronaut, he quits his job and decides to go out and do training for it. Mm-hmm. And it's super interesting because I learned a lot about how hard it is to become an astronaut. And, like, because the main character has to go to NASA, you get to see, like, non-Japanese characters. But one thing that really upset me is, like, near the very end of the anime, where one of the characters is black and he has dreads. And someone says to him, or, like, insinuates that he doesn't bathe because he has dreadlocks? Oh my god. Yeah, it's bad. Like, I had to stop the show for... I feel like it was, like, a week where I just, like, couldn't look at it anymore. It has 99 episodes. And this was episode, like, 90. So I had already dedicated... I'd already sunk a lot of time into this. But it was just so frustrating. Because people who don't have African hair textures don't understand how it works. Yeah. And, like, if someone has dreads, it's not white people dreads. Which, like, I don't really understand white people who try to lock their hair because you're just ruining it. It's not for your hair type. No. Like, literally, (laughs) you are just matting and destroying your hair. Yeah. It's genuinely so gross. I've had people tell me that, like, oh, the Vikings had dreadlocks. I'm like, it's not what they called them. No, they didn't. They had... They had braids. They were fucking super anal about cleanliness for the time period they were running around in. Yeah, they were so much cleaner than the Europeans. These fucking braids. They may have been tight braids. It wasn't dreadlocks. They don't have the hair to do locks. If they had locks, it would be mats. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) God. Now I'm just thinking of like a random antidote I heard once where like apparently men in England were really upset by I think it was Vikings because the Viking men bathed and all the uh-huh. women wanted to fuck them. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Wow, yeah. Maybe you washed your balls more than once a year. Your wife would actually be happy to have sex with you. Yeah. One of my favorite um things in history is how Europeans smelled so bad that multiple cultures commented on it. Like, when... <laughs> like, when Europeans tried to... Attempted many times to try and colonize America, or even just, like, try and get in on the coast, they would, first of all, be shot to shit by the native people there. But, um... The native people would always comment on the fact that, like, they smelled so bad. <laughs> like... Imagine smelling so bad that hundreds of years later we can read documents about how nasty you were. (laughs) God. (laughs) Are we still on the list of bad or are we moving on to good? Uh, We're moving on to good. I I didn't make these lists very long. That's because we'd be here for days. Yeah, we're already like an hour in and part of that can be just having to stop and start, but it's mostly just us not knowing when to shut up. Um, yeah. But... I feel like we're making some very good points, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the ones on my good examples list is Monster. So Monster is about Kenzo Tenma, who is a genius surgeon in Germany. Mm-hmm. He is pretty much set to be, like, 
the head of the hospital, basically. When there are difficult cases, they come to him. Mm-hmm. Like, difficult, impossible cases. Like, you have to get Dr. Tenma. Like, house MD level? <laughs> yeah. So, one day, there is this horrible accident. And they pretty much both come in at the same time. And Tenma has to decide if he's going to save a boy who's just been orphaned or the mayor of Dusseldorf. So if he saves the mayor... (laughs) Huh? Sorry. The the name Dusseldorf. Like, I know it's real place, but it just caught me off guard. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes German sounds funny. Yeah. But, um... Go on. (laughs) Through this very pressing emergency. (laughs) So if he saves the mayor, it'll pretty much set his career for life. Like, it'll raise the profile of the hospital. He'll have an in with the mayor in politics in the city. If he saves the kid, he'll have to let the mayor die. Let the mayor die. He's only a politician. (laughs) So, Tenma saves the kid. Yeah! My man! But he's pretty much told, like, if you save this kid, you lose your job. And he saves the kid instead. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, like, pretty much he's fired. His career is over. Uh, I think he has a fiance who leaves him. But the thing is, is that he saves the kid, but the kid turns out to be a serial killer. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So then Tenma pretty much takes it upon himself to try and track him down and stop him. And that's Monster. This is a wild premise. That's not where I thought it was going at all. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I still have, it's like, how many episodes is this? 74 episodes. I've watched 37. Hmm. It's very, very good, but I just have not finished it because it's very, it's kind of heavy. Um. Yeah, no, that that's not <laughs> something I feel like you binge all at once. That's like, you gotta take no. time with that. But like, the reason why it's on my good example list is because the first part is set in Germany and Dr. Tenma is very obviously drawn to be Japanese and the German characters are drawn to be German. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot at the start of that that it <laughs> took place in Germany. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> the characters are racialized, but they're not caricatures. Yeah. Like, I've always thought of that as, like, a good example of that kind of character design. Because it's very, like, it's based on a, I think it's based on a seinen manga? Yeah. Um, and seinen is, like... You have shonen, which is, like, young boys, which is, like, I want to say, like, 7 to, like, early 20s. And then seinen is, like, pretty much, like, young adult, but specifically for, like, young men, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I think it makes sense that a kind of more mature story has that more mature character design where it's very deliberate in that way of showing the characters. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're they're not drawn to be, like, racially ambiguous. They're drawn to be, like, Japanese or German or Italian like or what real have you. Like, pe- real people. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like... I would not be surprised if the manga artist had actually, like, lived in Germany. Like, it feels like someone who's lived in the world and is trying to tell a very deliberate story. It's super interesting. I just haven't finished it. It's from 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah. One day, one day I'll finish it. My other example is 
banana fish, which I've brought up a couple times, I think. Yeah. Because it's set in the U.S. and New York specifically, mm-hmm. you have like like the one of the main characters, Ag, is is Japanese. Um, the other main character, Ash, is white. You have African American characters. You have Chinese characters, and they're drawn in a way that's like, again, they're not caricatures. Yeah, but it's clear that they're not just like racially ambiguous. And I've always liked Banana Fish for making that distinction and not being weird about it. Nice. Love to see it. <laughs> the bare minimum. Oh boy. <laughs> and I think I wanted to put like Jojo on this list just because I know there are characters who are part Japanese and part non-Japanese, but they're not drawn as like caricatures, which is nice. And when the story is not set in Japan, everyone just kind of looks like they're... <laughs> Like a extremely buff um, workhouse <laughs> or like a, I want to say otter maybe, but. No, they they go brick shit house twink twonk. <laughs> yeah, twonk. That's what I was thinking of. The twinkification of Jojo, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, like definitely in, like there's some characters in, in part three that are like background one-off characters that are definitely like. Ooh, you didn't put a lot of thought into, into how you were drawing this person. Hmm. But like, as yeah. far as the main cast goes, you have Americans, you have an African American, and you have an Egyptian man who is dark skinned. Abdul, my beloved. You have the British, unfortunately. <laughs> you have a half Japanese, half American protagonist. You have Americans in Japan, like. Jotaro's mom is an American in Japan, and she's just, like, a normal lady. Araki does not draw her as an American caricature, which Mm -hmm. is cool, considering when it came out, which was in the 80s. Mm. You have Whole Horse, who is just American and cowboy, but by choice. (laughs) He's just like that. You have all of the Italians in part five. Just, oops, all Italians. (laughs) Like Iraqi has a very has a very distinctive art style, yes, but they're all just drawn like normal people. Mm-hmm. Well, as as normal as you can in the JoJo style. Yeah, as, like it's not realistic, but they're just like <laughs> they're not like Avdol isn't drawn with like blackface exaggerated lips. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a black guy. <laughs> he's African. And Egyptian, like mm-hmm. he's just a dude. <laughs> Granted, the Smokey from Battle Tendency is colored a little sketchy. That's the African American. That's the that's the African American kid. But I I'll give that a little bit more leniency because Battle Tendency was part two and came out earlier, <laughs> and he clearly learned his lesson because it never happens again. And they fix it in the anime anyway. Everyone has luscious, equally luscious lips in the anime. So no one is colored racistly. It's nice. It's no exaggerated lips because everyone has exaggerated lips. Good job, David Productions. I just looked up Smokey Brown. Um, I'm seeing like him in the manga and the anime. Honestly, I've seen yeah. a lot worse. So Yeah, like it's not great. Mm-hmm. But it's also not, like, the worst. Yeah. And I think they fixed it in the anime. 
Yeah, they did absolutely fix it in the anime. And, like, it's not like he's, like, like colored with black and oh, then God. given bright red lips. He's, like, an actual reasonable... In the colored version of the manga, like, he's, like, a reasonably normal, realistic, real-life brown skin tone. And, like, lips that are too pink for his skin color, but they're not, like, you know, bright red, awful, or, like, bright white, awful. And then they fix it in the anime, where he's got, like, normal skin color and then lip color that matches. Mm -hmm. And then Avdol is just a beautiful man, and I care him. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfect. I mean, part part three, too, you also, like, the first, like, two chapters takes place in Japan. And then they go to, like, Singapore and Calcutta and Cairo and, like, the fucking Sahara. Like, globetrotting adventure. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. Uh, everyone's amazing. I care them. Just a funky bunch of dudes. Like... There are examples of black characters in anime that are deliberately black that aren't horrible caricatures. So that's nice. Yeah. I did have like an attempt to talk about biracial Japanese people and how like from what I have heard and read, generally people who are like part English or part French or have one white parent are treated a lot differently from someone who has like an African parent. Yeah. But I did not do enough research to really speak on that. And it's also not an experience I have. And I don't want to like, I want, I want to bring it up here just so we're aware of it. But I also like don't really know enough to speak on it. Yeah, and, like, I'd only I'd only be able to speak on it in terms of, like, being mixed, mm-hmm. but, like, not the specific experience of being half Japanese in Japan, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real quick, though, props to, props to Rocky with 90% of his protagonists being at least half Japanese mm-hmm. in 80s Japan. Damn. <laughs> Fucking one of the unhinged 3 a.m. rants that, like because Eli and I have terminal fucking brain rot went on, (laughs) was just one of the reasons why we probably vibe with Jojo so much is because besides Joseph and Jonathan, all of the Jojo protagonists, and I guess part seven and and part eight, but I'm only talking about the anime. All of the Jojos from part three to part six are all mixed kids. Mm -hmm. Primarily half Japanese for the most part. But like... Both Elan are are mixed too, so it's just like it's cool to be able to relate in that way to multiple protagonists from an anime slash manga because that's normally never like an aspect that you can that you'd normally be able to connect with them on because that's just not really a it's just not really something people do mm-hmm. uh, when they when they write their protagonists for anime and manga, but like. Both Jotaro and Josuke are half Japanese, half American. Jorno is half English and half Japanese. And Jolene is, like, very mixed. I think it's, like, a quarter Italian and then American and then Japanese. But fucking... It's cool. Props to, props to Araki. Um, 
I wish we were more qualified to speak on it or had someone who was qualified to speak on it because I would love to hear about mixed Japanese people's experiences while living in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, like I'll keep looking because it's like something that's just interesting to me. Yeah. Like learning, especially about a different culture and how like like ethnicity and race factors in in different contexts. Mm -hmm. This is entirely unrelated, but I just saw the worst series of tweets I have seen in a long time. Um, oh god, go on. <laughs> I thought it was a joke what at pain? first. What pain are you going to inflict on me? Oh god. Okay. Someone, someone said, "Secrets of Dumbledore" was absolutely charming and probably the first mainstream LGBT romance Hollywood has made. Do you know? Do you know about the um Fantastic Beasts movie? Unfortunately, and against <laughs> my will, yes. <laughs> So this person goes on about this um, mainstream LGBT romance. Uh, they said, there's no kiss, but it's very romantic. And there are without a question ex-lovers. Uh, blah, 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 blah. They go on. Brokeback Mountain was a landmark film, but it was not a four quadrant all ages family blockbuster franchise. Hello? Uh... <laughs> Hello? Apparently, uh, Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore has done more for the LGBT community than Brokeback Mountain. Which, like... Who knew? <laughs> I know Brokeback Mountain was, like, two straight dudes fucking on a mountain. They... But... They fucked. Listen. <laughs> they... They... Fucked. There was nothing listen. ambiguous there. Also, I have a very, very low tolerance now for, like longing gay looks when our flag means death is like right there yeah i mean for when it came out props to brokeback mountain mm -hmm. especially props to the two main actors going as hard as they did on like portraying these gay cowboys mm -hmm. when they were not gay or cowboys <laughs> acting but like times have changed we have other media now and that good media does not include horrible little grimy fantastic beasts and where to find them <laughs> who has this has it come out already i don't know i don't care don't tell me i don't want to know <laughs> the only re the only part i care about is that uh this kind of harry potter podcast i listen to called shrieking shack is probably gonna watch it and they're probably gonna trash oh, it um, get it secondhand yeah. yes it's uh like I, I might watch it but only for Mads Mikkelsen don't do that to and yourself. I'm not not going to pay for it but crimes that for legal reasons that's a joke <laughs> the second movie so the first movie was like okay the first half was fun it got progressively worse from there but like okay uh when I watched it I was like we'll see how this is going um bad <laughs> the second movie is so worse so bad it's like shockingly yes. bad have you seen it no dude but i know like i'm not watched, watching it but i know i watched it to make fun of and it wasn't worth it i drank an entire bottle of wine it wasn't worth it it felt like yeah i had the same feeling of dread 
as like sitting for an exam that like it just sucked like it was so boring yeah. that i felt pain it didn't make any sense yeah. johnny depp really phoned it in it was just a well, serious also looking like a bleached carcass i don't know what like, they did to him the but he worst looks so bad character design i have seen i don't I guess I'm just speechless. Like, it's just that awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad time. I don't know if Mads Mikkelsen will save it. I love him. But <sighs> I'm going to be so angry if it turns out that him being in it and them adding an actual competent screenwriter actually helps. I'm going to be so mad if mm. it actually does well. Oh, oh God. Who even knows? What was I even talking about? Oh, yeah. No, we're done. Um, Fantastic Beasts is awful. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, I hope everyone enjoys us um, <laughs> talking about a fucking... It's just, like, almost two hours of, like, information mixed with, like, personal anecdotes and speculation. But I hope people enjoy it. Yep, we solved racism. <laughs> <laughs> We did it. We did it, everybody. We solved racism. Good job, team. Uh, pour, pour a Gatorade all over your head and let's go home. Jesus Christ. Yeah, as if I haven't solved racism already with my relationship. What's weird is that <laughs> this, this hasn't happened often now because I think pandemic, but like there are people who would straight up come up to me and Zach and be like, you guys are beautiful in that kind of like... Oh, like, God. we have a black president, racism is over kind of way. I'm like... It's like, I remember <laughs> I remember segregation. Like, <laughs> no, Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's very strange. Like, if I'm not getting that reaction, I'm getting, like, I'm a traitor to my race for dating a white guy, which is like, all right, cool. I guess that's where we're going. Jesus Christ. I love it here. It's great. Can't can't do anything on this bitch of an earth, huh? Can't have shit in Detroit. <laughs> God. But um yeah, now that we've solved racism, uh what have you been watching yeah. this week? Demon Slayer, baby. <laughs> Finished season one. It only took you like two years. I know. <laughs> it took me like uh... A half a year. Finished season one. Fucking Hashira, my beloved. I love all of them. <laughs> I keep messaging Eli when, when we're watching Demon Slayer, and I'm like, so I looked up why this guy sounds familiar, and it turns out, like, half of the Seiyu have been in JoJo. <laughs> I'm like, that's why they sound familiar. <laughs> God. Did I show you that, uh, I did... That the same guy who voices Joseph voices the big, like, fucking Buddhist priest guy who's, like, seven foot two. Oh, yeah. And then also beloved crop top wearing himbo Joseph Joestar. <laughs> crop top wearing himbo. Yeah. I mean, he's... Joseph Joestar has been alive for 90 slutty, slutty years, okay? <laughs> I love him. But, no, I love... I love the Hashira. So far, we've only released, like... Because we also watched Mugen Train. Mm -hmm. 
I love fucked up weird train boy. I'm so sad we did not see more of weird fucked up train boy. Because he's also voiced by... um, God, he's also voiced by one of my favorite seiyu, who's in a lot of stuff. But... God, I don't even know his name. He's just Train Crimes Boy and has <laughs> been since, like, before I saw Mugen Train. But he's voiced by Daisuke Hirakawa, mm-hmm. who voices Kakyo and Noriaki in, the, in Stardust Crusaders. Mm. <laughs> and he uses, like, the same overly polite, like, cadence and tone, but just, like, pitches it up into this, like, really creepy falsetto. <laughs> I love Creepy Train Crimes Boy. Really wish we saw more of him. But then again, I don't actually know if I really wanted to see more of him because he did turn himself into a train and then, like, technically, does that count as Vor? <laughs> because there were people on that train. Why would you say that? Because <laughs> it's, been, it's been haunting me and causing me psychic damage. <laughs> so you, you inflicted it on me and anyone listening? Yeah. <laughs> And not even in the cursed memes channel on the Discord. <laughs> oh, the channel I muted because everyone's nasty in it. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> Every time I go in there, I'm like, I wonder what's in this channel that I forgot about. And I remember why I muted it. Filth and degeneracy. <laughs> like, not even like, no one's like actually horny. It's just the no. most fucked up shit we can inflict on each other. <laughs> You are nasty. We watched Mugen Train. We watched Mugen Train. I love, uh, I love Rengoku, Kyojuro. He's so sweet. He's baby boy, baby. <laughs> He's so neurodivergent coded, and I love him. The Flame Hashira. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, there may be a reason for him, like sort of half yelling all the time, because there was like a one shot that came out before Mugen Train that my friend sent me, and. In it, he's fighting, like, uh, it's, like, his first mission as a, um, as a demon slayer. Mm-hmm. And he fights a demon that can control people with, like, a flute. He slams his hands over his ears. And the when he's covering his ears, the demon's like, oh, well, now you can't fight back because you can't draw your sword. And then he kills the demon because it turns out he slammed his ears so hard he ruptured his eardrums on purpose. Like, he he ruptured his eardrums on purpose. Damn. <laughs> and may have suffered lasting hearing damage from it, and that may be why he does that sort of, like, projected half yell at oh. a normal volume. Yeah. Oh. I love his seiyu. Like, his... I don't... Who voices him? His seiyu, his voice actor, is... I don't know, just... It's the same thing I have for... The guy who voices Okuyasu from Diamond is Unbreakable. It's just voice that give good serotonin for some <laughs> reason. Like, instant serotonin. Uh, Satoshi Hino is Kyojuro's voice actor. Good, good serotonin. I love him. Literal chills during the fight scenes in Mugen Train. Mm-hmm. is very good. I still haven't seen it because I'm bad... Uh, anime. <laughs> I mean, I won't. Oh no, I spoiled Train Boy for you then. I didn't know you hadn't seen it. Fuck. I should have asked. Well, I mean, at this point, I haven't seen it. I'm kind of like 
I'm still gonna watch it, even if it's spoiled. Yeah. And I'll probably have forgotten all of that by the time I go watch it, so it's fine. It'll work out. Fair enough. It's really, it's really cute, though, because Tanjiro and the boys call him Rengoku Aniki. <laughs> That's cute. Which is a specific way of saying big brother in, like, an organization. <laughs> it's just very cute. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like it's it's a very, like, gangster way of saying, like, let's, it's more like big bro instead of big brother. Mm-hmm. But it's also used, like, in organizations and, like... <laughs> Has a very like gangster organized crime, yeah. Who's a like bent to it? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you see like gruff like delinquent characters use it a lot. But it's just it's so cute because he is like the big brother in the in the Demon Slayer organization for them, and they just think he's so cool. It's so sweet. And Rengoku instead of calling Tanjiro like Kamado kun or or anything he calls him i don't remember if he uses his first name or his last name but he calls him shonen like he's literally calling him young tan young boy tanjiro and it's just it's very endearing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love him and his his stupid shrimp tempura hair is just like (laughs) genetic like both his dad and his younger brother have it and his mom looked so normal his mom looks so normal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like copy paste mitosis like it's very funny but we're on season two and i love tengen he's an asshole but boy is he pretty and big and boy does he love his three weed smoking ninja <laughs> wives he loves his his three weed smoking ninja wives I, I so, wonder, so much i wonder if that reference makes any sense to anyone who didn't see that tumblr post <laughs> no they don't actually smoke weed um, but i am referencing a tumblr post yes no they don't smoke weed but yes he does have three ninja wives and they all love him very much and they definitely peg him i will say it's just that kind of energy i feel um but but we have we're in the middle of taking a break right now because i had to um i'm doing larp game prep for the first game back in almost three years mm-hmm. but because it's the it's the entertainment district arc mm. and so to try and find info on his missing wives he dresses up zenitsu tanjiro and inosuke as girls and sells them to gives them away rather to some of the the entertainment houses oh boy to like do, do chores and stuff. Well, they're obviously still children, so like they'll clean the floors and sh- and stuff. But he puts this awful makeup on them, and they just look horrifying. And then it, one of the like house madams like asks for a nosuke, and then cleans his face off, and is like, "I knew it. This is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen <laughs> because he's so pretty under his boar head." <laughs> mask i always forget how pretty he is like it's like someone cut copy and pasted a different character onto this boy's body (laughs) he's so pretty it's wild like he's pretty and really buff i love that he's pretty and really buff give everyone a bisexual crisis (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it's been really fun so far. I love the setup long-term enemy demon in this one. Like, we've moved past the training arc where he's, like, fighting a bunch of, like, low-level demons and he's, like, on to, like, higher-level shit. Mm -hmm. And I think her name is Doki, but she's, uh... She's really cool. I'm not going to, like, spoil anything about her, but she's really cool. My wife is a bitch and I love her. (laughs) She's also voiced by... I forget the actress's name off the top of my head, but she was the original Jolene Cujo from Stone Ocean in All-Star Battle and Eyes of Heaven. Mm -hmm. Not the current anime version, but the original Jolene from the video games. And she just has such a nice... Like, I like when anime remembers that women can have deep and gravelly voices. <laughs> Love that. Because I have that. I don't have, like, a super deep voice, but I'm not, like... I, I mean, I do have a decently deep voice, but, like, I'm not, like... It gets so exhausting. Like, I can't watch 90% of, like, VTubers or, like, watching interviews with like hollow live people because mm. they all have this awful like i get that it's a character and it's a bit but it's just like this awful to me like childish falsetto mm. like like baby baby speak voice and it's like you're a grown-ass person <laughs> and i hate that so i like when when anime remembers that like it's cool if if a lady has a deep voice and talks like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, can't say that it, I've had like I have been, I have succumbed to like the same amount of like brain rot, but I am enjoying. JoJo has been an outlier, but like I am enjoying Demon Slayer. It is fun. I like the Blorbos. They are no longer Blorbos in law. They are now my Blorbos. But tell me about my Blorbos in law, the gay pirate show. Oh, I mean, I did actually watch actual anime. You've been threatening to talk about our flag means death for like two hours. <laughs> talk a little bit about it and then talk about the anime. Uh, okay. Um. So our flag means death is a show on HBO Max that got like no pre-show marketing pretty much. I didn't even hear about it until right before the last episode aired. And apparently currently it's like outperforming Euphoria. Which, like, is one of the biggest shows that HBO has ever put out. So, the show is based on actual real Pirates from History. So, the main character is Steed Bonnet, who was known as the Gentleman Pirate. He is just, he's just like a softful sweetheart who decided one day to become a pirate and... Like, the humor is very good. It's that kind of, like... Taika Waititi didn't, like, make the show, but he is an executive producer, and he's in... He plays one of the characters. But it has the yeah. same kind of humor as, like, what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. And the show really starts to get interesting when Taika's character shows up, which is Blackbeard. And this show has, like every fanfic trope you could ever want. Like, there's... They swap clothes. They almost kiss a bunch of times. You know that one meme of, like, 
this like buff guy is talking and there's a twink on the ground looking at him lovingly. Yes. They are that yes, meme. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's so it's so good. Oh god. I just rewatched it again <laughs> from the beginning. Uh-huh. It's not very long. Each episode is like just under 40 minutes and it's only 10 episodes in the first season. If this show does not get renewed for season two, there will be riots in the streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't escape it on Tumblr. Like, well, I guess this is, these are my blurbos in law until I watch it. <laughs> so. I think the part that makes me, like, lose my mind is that, like, the way they include queer characters, it's not like they're shoehorning in one afab non-binary person just so they can check it off the list it's like they're introduced in the first episode as jim all of the characters move so seamlessly into referring to jim with they them pronouns that the first time it happened i thought it was a mistake (laughs) like i thought that it was just you know how like offhandedly even cis people will be like if they don't know the gender of a person they're like oh yeah they're over there like, it was like that. It was just that yeah. casual. There's no conversation about it. Whenever Jim interacts with someone who knew them before they started using they, them pronouns, or before they were called Jim, they'll be like, oh, my name is Jim now. And that person will just continue to use they, them pronouns. Like, it's no big deal. And I'm just... <sighs> That's amazing. I know. Like, the bar is on the floor, but they cleared it. And it's not like... Yeah, it's definitely... It's on my list. And it's not like Jim's entire character is just, they're non-binary. Look! Look, we put in a queer. Like, like they have, like, a whole backstory and a character arc. They have a love interest. The characters are treated like real people. Yes! And I think it really benefits from the fact that it's not just one queer character that's supposed to stand in for, like, every queer person. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Steed has, like, a scribe, basically. His name is Lucius. And he's, like, totally, like, Mm -hmm. mean, gay, always sounds sarcastic. And, like, he eventually has a partner. And, like, no one freaks out about... Like, I just think that because queerness is just, like, a natural part of the story, it's not, like, an anomaly... And I want to talk about, like, other stuff, but I don't want to spoil it. And I feel like I've spoiled some things. But the show is just so fucking good. Everyone, you heard it here. Go watch it if you have Please go already. watch the yes, show. I've been screaming for, like, a week. I will. I was trying to think of, like, something else I want to say that isn't spoilers. But it's pretty much all just... It's so good. If the show doesn't get a second season, I'm becoming the Joker. <laughs> okay. I'll hold you to it. But yeah, um, I guess actual anime I've watched. I watched all of Given because after I watched Our Flag Means Death, I was like, I need something. I need romance. I need it to be gay. So I watched Given. Okay. Which is about... Fair enough. (laughs) Which is about a band. So Given came out in 2019 and I'm watching it like four years too late. But, um... It's about Ritsuka Uenoyama, who runs into a guy called Mafuyu Sato, and Mm -hmm. 
they find out that Sato is actually a very good singer. And Uenoyama's band needs a singer. So he joins, and then they both fall in love with each other. Like, it's very cute, but it's also like... I don't know if it's because it's been a while since I watched BL, but Mm -hmm. what I liked about this is that, yeah, they have the conversation where Uenoyama tells someone that he has a crush on Sato, and he doesn't really know what to do with that because he's never had a crush on a guy before. But the guy he talks to is like, what is there to freak out about? You still like him. If you think that's weird, then I guess you think I'm weird too, because he he doesn't say bisexual, but it's implied that he's bisexual. Or maybe just gay. I'm not sure. It's like one of those things where like they don't bring up sexuality, so you just kind of have to guess. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was, I think, more deliberate than other BL. There are other gay characters kind of in the background that aren't featured characters so it's like a world where like sexuality actually exists and a world where like people have to come out so it's kind of like realistic to the real world but so I watched all of it in like two days and then I also watched the movie and then I also watched the OVA Mm -hmm. so I kind of just like binged everything that's out I liked it because at the very least it didn't fall into one of those traps where like one character realizes he has feelings and then, like, essentially tries to, like, assault the other person. That doesn't Uh happen. So that's nice. That's always good. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the bare minimum. Stop romanticizing sexual assault. Once again. (laughs) As for what I'm watching this current season, Mm -hmm. I watched the first episode of Paripikome, which apparently is translated to Ya Boy Kong Ming. <laughs> ya <Yeah> Boy. <laughs> but basically, it's about a general of the Three Kingdoms from China dies and is brought back to life as his younger self in modern Japan. Ooh. Yeah. So far, it's like, okay, I'll give this a shot. He, like, wakes up in his younger body on Halloween, so everyone thinks he's just, like, dressed up as a general. And then he wanders into a bar and he hears this girl singing and he loves her voice and decides to become her manager. But like no one believes that he's like this actual general. They just think that he's really dedicated to his cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other one I'm watching is The Executioner and Her Way of Life, which is I do not usually watch Isekai, Mm -hmm. but apparently this one's gay. So... Um, (laughs) (laughs) sounds gay. I'm in. But basically, it's set in a world where, like, there's, like, magic in this world, and you can summon people from other worlds. Apparently, all the people who show up through the summoning, they're called Lost Ones, and they're always from Japan, which I guess is convenient. Yeah. But, so the main character, Meno, is an executioner, and her job as, like, a priestess is to execute these lost ones. And yeah, I don't know. It I don't watch Isekai, so I'm already kind of holding it at arm's length, but it's only minimally horny, so I'll give it a chance. I believe in it. I believe in you. Let me know how it goes, because yeah. I don't really have any interest in Isekai. Yeah. Like, again, I would not have given this a chance if I hadn't seen someone I kind of respect on Twitter talking about it and mentioned that it's gay. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Do we want to move on to JoJo's Bizarre Localization Adventure? Yes! Uh, okay, pick a part. One through eight. Five. Okay. No, 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 wait. Seven. Seven. Well, so you picked part seven, which is Steel Ball Run. And the thing about Steel Ball Run is that they also have horses. And the horses are named. You did land on a horse, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a horse uh, in JoJo today. Oh no! This horse is named for a Bee Bumble and the Stingers song, uh, and is a five-year-old Arab uh, ridden by Russian racer Baba Yaga. Would you like to know the horse's name? What's the horse's name? Nutrocker. <laughs> God, why? My mic. I'm so sorry. Nutrocker. No! Nutrocker. Baba Yaga does not have a stand, so all you get is that their na- their name was Baba Yaga, named after an Emerson, Lake, and Palmer song. His horse's name is Nutrocker. Oh my god. Okay. I love JoJo. So much. This is my favorite segment edition. <laughs> I'm so happy that we went with it after I killed you with flaccid pancake. Because it's very entertaining to just inflict these names on people who have no context. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Weebs Pod, or email us at weebsinatrenchcoat at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon or Coffee, also at Two Weebs Pod. Our opening theme is Our Way by Vitney, and the music you're listening to right now is What's the Angle by Shane Ivers. And I'm Madison. And I'm Suzanne. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> we still don't have, like, an actual sign-off. <laughs> God. Yeah. All this yeah. time... <laughs> We're gonna have to figure that out now, I guess. God.